Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Will Harris Show. As you've probably guessed, I'm Will Harris, and on this podcast, we talk about current events and politics with many different guests with unique perspectives. And today, we're going to discuss the evolution of the Republican Party. So, as my guest, I have Andrew Dimshev. He's a brilliant moderate. And yeah, welcome to the show, Andrew. How are you today? I'm good, Will. Uh, uh, thank you for having me on today. And how are you? Also, pretty good, and no problem. So, Right now, the Republican Party is deeply divided. I guess one sort of faction is the staunch Trump supporters who still believe that Biden didn't win the election legitimately. And the other faction is kind of like the traditional conservatives who most of them probably voted for President Trump, but they don't agree with everything he's done or everything he said. So yeah, this party is deeply divided. But to understand what's going to come next, I think we should go back to when this party was formed. So, Andrew, do you want to go over how this uh, party kind of emerged yeah i do all right so uh before the republican party uh there was this party called a uh, political party called the whigs right and it split uh after the kansas nebraska act, act over this debate about whether slaves should be allowed in states that were being added to the union right and the political party that was um born out of that um, split, right, was the Republican Party, mm-hmm. uh, and it would go on to become one of the most powerful, or in fact, the most powerful um, political party in all of American history, right? But obviously, humble beginnings, right? They put forward a presidential candidate named Abraham Lincoln, right? He wins the uh, presidential Despite not being on election. the ballot in all of the southern states, he still won without showing up on the ballot on any southern state. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Right, so he wins. Uh, obviously, if you've at all paid attention to American pol- uh, history, you understand he was the president during the Civil War. Uh, obviously, it was you know the Southern states split from the Union mostly because they th- uh, were afraid that Lincoln would abolish slavery. Yep. Right, which um, of course he did not intend to do, at least. Uh, and then, obviously, the Civil War, the North wins. Right, uh, and Lincoln abolishes slavery in those states, and he solidifies the Republican Party. Right, and it yeah. goes on, like I said, to become quite powerful. Now, it did have many changes throughout its lifespan, right, and that's the big part of what I'm here to talk about, and mostly the um, modern changes. That that's what I really, really want to dig into on this podcast. Yeah. So leading up to those modern changes, like right after the Civil War. Um, the Republican Party, like a lot of Republican leaders, become very wealthy, and then they decide that to stay in power in a mostly white world, the best thing to do is not to fight for uh, African American rights, which was the, their initial goal, but I guess to fight for their own business interest. And then that actually really ends up hurting them in the Great Depression. And then in the Great Depression, we see that Democrats like FDR. Um, ex- drastically expand the power of the government to get out of the Great Depression, and that's when the Republican Party kind of defines themselves as opposition to big government, which is one of the characteristics they still hold today. And then there's one more really big change leading up to the modern Republican Party, which is the whole civil rights movement. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you see that the southern states, obviously, and people in them generally uh, were pro-slavery when that was a thing and then after slavery they were pro jim crow laws and they were still pro-slavery but (laughs) well yeah uh well i guess i imagine that not all of them were but there was a a pretty big and i guess the 
farther you go back to the end of slavery, the more pro-slavery people there are in the South. But as time goes on, obviously, pro-segregation, not very friendly to minorities, right? And what happens is the Democratic Party has presidents like John uh, Fitzgerald Kennedy uh, and LBJ, uh, Lyndon B. Johnson, right, who... Uh, sign are definitely more pro uh, civil rights and LBJ obviously he signs in yeah. the uh, 1964 I think Civil Rights Act and yep. 1968 Civil Rights Act right so uh, that what it does is the people in the South are not fans of that they're pro segregation right they don't like black people to put it um, you know I guess less nicely right and so they um, become the majority of the Republican Party's support because the Republican Party is in opposition to this new liberal Democratic Party. That's, yeah, but their opposition isn't a purely, it's not like racially based. It's because they, of course, a lot yeah. of them oppose the big government. And that's the characteristic they said they developed during the Great Depression. And then they were worried that the Civil Rights Act would expand the government power too much. And I guess this yeah, is when we see like the big switch with the South because ever since the Civil, actually, ever since the Democratic Party was formed with Andrew Jackson. Um, the Democratic Party just dominated elections in the South. The South was always staunch Democrats. But then with LBJ, JFK, and this new generation of anti-segregation Democrats, then they kind of switch to the Republican Party with a number of other issues too. But the race, the racial factor is the biggest factor in their switch. Right. So um, that is it. That defines the modern Republican Party until uh, 2008, in my opinion. Yes. Right. And throughout that, you see heavy Republican dominance. Right. Uh, you see uh, presidents like Reagan uh, and Nixon really just destroying the playing field. Yeah. Right. With a total blowout elections. So the thing with Nixon is that he actually appealed to the racial resentment of I guess, voters in the South, which is one of the reasons why he just got, he destroyed his opponents in the Electoral College. And then, yes, mm -hmm. but then Reagan, I'm sorry, then Nixon obviously gets impeached. He points forward, and then for a brief bit, Jimmy Carter is able to win for one term, but right after that, he gets absolutely destroyed by Reagan, who serves two terms, and I guess he kind of represents all the changes that the Republican Party has made, because he fought for traditional values. He was Yes, a businessman, you could say an ally to business and stuff. And then I guess that kind of led up to the Republican Party today, basically. At least before Trump. So I would say right. the pre-Trump Republican Party was basically the Reagan, like the same ideology as Pre President Reagan. Right, yeah. And that this catalyst in 2008 and forward, that's really the meat of this conversation that's really what i want to talk about because yeah. i think it's, it's very interesting um and it's also very pertinent to what's going on in our country right now right so obviously uh 2008 barack obama first uh, african-american president yeah african-american president really just right symbolized like the, the changing united states and how i guess more people are becoming liberal our country is di diversifying and we kind of escaped this I mean, there are still obviously major racial problems, but there's been drastic improvement since uh, since the slavery and stuff. I guess Obama kind of symbolized that all the change going on in America. And that, in fact, change, he used the word change to summarize this whole campaign, basically. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I think the Barack Obama, under his presidency, the country became very divided. Uh, obviously, not the most divided it's ever been, so, but it became... But very divided so how right. did republicans like respond how did republicans in power respond to 
Obama's election, which ultimately their response, in my opinion, led to the polarization. Because I do agree that yeah. his uh, his presidency was very polarizing. So how did Republicans I, respond to his election? So I think, uh, I guess, uh, not really a Republican power thing, but birtherism, right, um, was obviously, it was raci- uh, racially um, uh, biased, right, against uh, uh, President Obama because he was uh, obviously for, uh, black, right? And so the, it was this racist assumption that because he was black and because his parents were African, because he was- uh, right, on uh, one side, right, he, he could... Um, he was not born in America. And also right? because he was a Muslim too. Right. Because yeah. Is he? I think I, he was. He, well, some of you will Barack assume Obama that. is a Christian. Am I, really? Am I wrong about that? My mistake. I'm my pretty mistake. sure. My mistake. I, I don't know. Hold up. I'm pretty. Uh, I, I thought he was a Christian. Um, Okay, well, there was, like, a theory that he was kind of a terrorist just because he was a different skin, just different skin color, which kind of motivated Yeah, he publicly professed to be a Christian. Yes, yeah, yes, so that's, that's what I thought. Sorry, but yeah. That, yeah, my bad. I used the wrong word. <laughs> I know, it's, it's confusing because that, that's the problem. That's why the this stuff gains so much credence like that because it's so easily peripherated fake stuff like that, mm-hmm. which I'll get into later, which has caused a whole load of problems for the Republican Party, in my opinion, and for our nation as a whole. But back to just birtherism, and um, obviously it was racist, and it helped to begin the radicalization of the Republican Party. And yes. if you'll notice that Donald Trump was at the spearhead of that birtherism. Yes. Um, conspiracy theory, and right? That's how he really so, got into like the Republican mainstream. Yeah, I think he was a Democrat before that, obviously, yeah, you he know. Was. And I think he greased his way onto the political scene with birtherism. People knew his name, and he had a large Republican following already. Well, people already knew his name before. He, yeah, they knew him as obviously, like, uh, but uh, in in the political sphere, yeah. people knew his name. He's like he's yeah. politically involved. He's a Republican, mm. right? Uh, and so going back to um, how the Republican Party obviously hurt Obama. There was, in his last term, you know, uh, Mitch McConnell was the he head wasn't of the He wasn't able to appoint any, basically any judges in all three levels. Yeah. Of, and then, obviously, and the biggest was just, example was uh, the Supreme Court, his last nomination mm-hmm. of Merrick Garland. He wasn't, Rich, uh, Mitch McConnell I mean, just, didn't even have a hearing. Before the, uh, Obama nominated anybody, Mitch McConnell said they wouldn't um, vote, uh, right. except and, for the hypocrisy like yeah. it would be at least a little okay if they had followed the precedent that they had set in okay that, 20, that was uh, not yeah. constitutional at all that that what mitchell did it was not normal no. that was horrible there's no justification about and i just i don't know uh, that's another subject for maybe another day yeah um true. <laughs> but it's just but an example so, of how the gop just responded yeah. to the obama era basically Right, and I don't think that that was racially biased in any way, but I just think that um, Republicans really did not like Obama for some reason, right? And um, it, it, I, I, you know, he was definitely he was a more moderate Democrat, which I think, uh, but obviously he had plans for a health care system, which was quite liberal, right? And so, well, one of the big problems had- with this whole Senate, this whole Congress situation during Obama's presidency was he wasn't very experienced, and when he was elected he was naive in my opinion because he thought republicans were gonna work with him on everything they were gonna help yeah. him out but that wasn't the case they just tried to block him on every bill and then i guess there was a huge red wave in the 2010 midterm and then after that um 
Republicans flipped the House, and then they made it a little harder for Obama. And then for his final two years, like you said, they flipped the Senate, and he was basically it was impossible for him to govern in that situation. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, and we could be looking at that again in um, the this coming years with the Georgia elections because yeah, I don't right. know. I'm worried. I, I do not think that we can get two Democratic seats out of Georgia. Yeah, I think the most likely outcome is that um, both those seats will go to the GOP. Yeah, but like so, I said, actually, Biden has a lot more experience in the Senate, and he knows yeah. how things work, and he has better relationships with some of the senators. So maybe that will make a difference, but we'll see. So going back to the Obama era, so that kind of leads to the rise of Trump, right, in the conservative mm-hmm. world or Republican world. Yeah. So you see this rise of Trump. Obviously, he runs for the 2016 election or 2016 presidential election, and he wins, right? And he big big campaign point was. You know, Mexicans, illegal immigrants are coming to our country and they're murderers and rapists and criminals, right? Again, we see this kind of his politics is all about race, right? Yes, and, appealed to the racial resentment mm-hmm. of uh, conservative voters who, I guess, feared Obama and feared that other people are coming and taking their, I guess, position of dominance in the country. Yeah, and I, I think that this kind of helps to Trump is like he's not politically correct, Right. He's very like outspoken against like, obviously, I feel like this was more in words than action, but drain the swamp. Obviously, he did not do, in my opinion, Uh, but that was what he set out to do. And lots of people believe that he did. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And they they thought they saw him as this figure who was going to fix American politics. You know, he's an outsider. He's a smart businessman. He knows he can he can do money like he can. Right. Which, of course, was not true. He was. Has failed so many times. Like the only know, but. good part about him, his presidency was that he was maintaining the economic growth that he inherited from Obama. But yeah. in my opinion, the COVID-19 pandemic proved that he is not good with the economy because the economy is in shambles mm-hmm. right now. And it, it also, I mean, God, of all the presidents that we had to have a crisis, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course we get Trump. Um, but, you know, and I, I think the one good thing that Trump has reliably proved himself uh, to be exceptional at is being a con man right uh and before he was president he managed to con people into thinking he was a successful businessman you know yeah and um during president he man he's managed to con almost half of the country into believing that he was a good president uh and that he kind of has done a lot of things which he just hasn't and and again he's managed to um i guess people to con people into now believing that the election was lit excuse me the election was rigged right uh and and so i i think that getting onto that he's and going back a little bit right obviously trump wins right and he slowly starts to like build this kind of cult around him right yeah. uh, and one of the ways he does that is by demonizing the left right mm-hmm. um I mean, and this like is where you see I- the main idea of their 2020 campaign yeah. is that the left is becoming more radical they want to mm-hmm. defund the police which a lot of um, elected Democratic officials disagree with that they're leaning towards socialism just because mm-hmm. some representatives, I guess, are leaning towards socialism, like Sanders, for example. Yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. so do you want to well, go Sanders into this election? Sanders has been leaning towards socialism for a long time. So um, you want to go into this election fraud conspiracy? Like, how is something like uh, this be able to happen in a democratic society where one person can just blatantly lie about the results of election with no evidence? And how can you convince, like, I would say at least a quarter of the population that? Some outrageous well, theory. I just because the Trump 
this is again something very good. He, he built this system of I am the only person you can believe, and he managed to do that throughout his four years in yes. office. Yeah, right. Correct. And so then, when it comes down to it, when there is a situation where he is not to be believed and he is saying false things, people will believe him, right? Because the only person that they believe tells the truth anymore is Trump, right? And so that creates an issue where, like, what are you going to, like, the, the, the people, you cannot convince these people of the truth because they are so surrounded by fiction, right? And yeah. they, they will not believe you. It, it's so hard to have, like, an argument or a conversation with someone if you cannot establish a base of truth, right? And so you mm-hmm. cannot establish a base of truth with this, this kind of thing, right? And so getting back to the general radicalization is that the majority, not maybe not the majority, but a sizable portion of the Republican Party is behind and in this like Trump cult, I guess you could say. It's not necessarily an actual uh, cult, but uh, it's somewhat like that. So mm-hmm. you see that this kind of faction grows. And even if it is not the majority, it is certainly... A the loudest minority, right? Yeah, you know, a vocal You're not minority. E- mm-hmm. and right, so and so this is one of the problems with the GOP now, though. Is like leaders have to decide, like if they should, by if, like to stay in power, should they support this this part of uh, this par- faction of the party that thinks Trump is the only is the only person who's telling the truth, or do they should they go back to what the GOP was before the Trump era, where well. They're yeah. more, much more reasonable, less radical, open, much more open to compromise. Yeah, that's the thing. Is the problem is is that I think that Republican leaders in power they also understand that this faction controls whether they stay in office or not, right? Yeah, yes. If they cannot get the support of the Trump voters, they are not going to win, right? Yes. Uh, the the Trumpies, I guess you could say. So they have to, you know, support Trump right and support the crap that he says because if they don't they seriously jeopardize their um position in power right and i think that their that fear is a well-founded one right because anyone who sticks a toe out of line with the, the trump doctrine right is is immediately ousted right from this this group the the trump kind of group and so the like bill barr literally left the administration right after he said one thing yeah about um election security mm, and yeah. how <laughs> there was not a lot of election fraud or any at all that yeah, was he actually, significant he said that there was no election fraud that would yeah change the outcome right. of the election and then yeah then a few yeah. weeks later and, he resigned so, i mean bill barr is the most the biggest trump lackey in that administration exactly. at least <laughs> who was who was you know had such a large position of power yeah. right and so to, to for these congress people to see something like that and see how quickly that they can be turned on and extricated <laughs> from their position of power it's probably pretty scary for them right and they they are they, i understand why that they would follow trump because you know they want to stay in power and obviously i they imagine <laughs> that them because i think that a lot of down ballot republicans um, would still get some votes, right, uh, from the more moderate Republicans, yeah. right? But that's what if without the, the Trump support, election just proved that actually, because mm-hmm. a lot of the yeah. down ballot, like congressmen, senators, they did a lot better than Trump. Yeah, but, without yeah. the Trump support vote, They'd be there would be a fraction. Uh, there'd be a fracture in the Republican vote, and then 
the Democrats would win a lot of seats, right? And so mm -hmm. yeah. you can't like try and give up your seat and not do that, or obviously you lose, and it potentially leads to democratic uh people being able to set the political agenda of the country right which is not what they want yeah. right and so to keep their position of power and to keep republican policies dominating the country they fall in line right so i guess this is and, what we're seeing in georgia right now because yeah. senator leffler and purdue are up for re-election and i don't know about senator purdue but when senator kelly leffler was asked about election fraud after the electoral college was certified she was saying it's trump's right mm -hmm. to investigate and she didn't just say Biden won the election. So, yeah. So, I'm actually, yeah. I was wondering if maybe Leffler will lose, like, the moderate Republican vote because of that. Because I know, yeah. for example, a lot of conservatives are, like, like uh, saying that oh, Biden clearly won the election. So, yeah, um, mm -hmm. she might lose I, the I moderate think, vote. Yeah, I think that this fracturing of the Republican Party has uh, created a serious problem for them, right? Um, mm -hmm. Because... You know, they don't, they're losing moderate votes. And obviously, uh, the Georgia races are extremely close. They're so right? close. So it's crazy. It, without that moderate vote, uh, there is a very real chance that those those GOP um, senators could lose. Um, but the, I, I just the question is, is that the there's a problem with the populace going against the flow as well. And it's not for the same reasons, right? But... That they that a lot of people don't will not stand up for like what they believe in because they find that the democratic alternative is is worse yes, right for sure which i get obviously like besides the fact that you know i'm a democrat and i support liberal views blah 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 blah, blah right the republicans still obviously they think that trump and voting for trump and trump like candidates you could say right uh is a better alternative which mm -hmm. I get, I guess you know, but the problem a of, is a lot of maybe liberal viewers will say, how could they vote for somebody like Trump? Well, just put yourself in their shoes. Like yeah. imagine if mm -hmm. Mike Bloomberg got the nomination, for example, and the Republican yeah. was like John McCain, Bob, who's like a moderate, basically almost yeah. a moderate. And then, and then the Republicans in Congress would still be very radical. So when you vote for Mike Bloomberg in that situation or the radical Republicans in Congress, and you would probably say uh, Mike Bloomberg. So if you're like a liberal judging somebody like that, you should definitely mm -hmm. put yourself in their shoes. Yeah, and I, I think that um, generally this is why you're going to see, like, uh, this is a problem. Um, and I, I honestly, the radicalization uh, of the Republican Party going into the future of the GOP might cause uh, lots of problems for them. But before I touch on that, I kind of wanted to touch on um, one of the big, big radicalization factors Which is QAnon, uh, in the Republican right? Party. Yes, yes. That's so, just crazy to me, like how I know. millions support this baseless theory. That's even more outrageous than the election fraud. Yeah. So and how the, could it the, take the, over? <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, so I can get in that. So basically what you see is that um, this... Uh, I could go over basic QAnon theory and their uh, I basic ideology and their basic dogma uh, so that it makes more sense when I talk about how it's spread, right? So basically, QAnon believes that the left and the left in power are a bunch of, like, vampires, basically, who eat babies mm -hmm. and, like, are destroying our country and are, like, trying to, you know, and are also pedophiles and, like, and running pedophile children, rings. Right? Yeah. Right, and, and also, the, apparently, there was, like, George Soros, Hillary Clinton, and Barack Obama tried to stage a coup, but Trump managed to put it down, and it paints Trump as this hero, 
yeah. character. Just uh, as well as there's no evidence of any of this. Yes, right. And so the reason that it spreads, right, is that one, it confirms Republicans' biases that have been developing over the past four years about Trump, mm-hmm. right? And that it's the idea that he is this godlike figure, right? And he's like the savior of the country, right? It's exactly the QAnon doctrine, yeah. right? And it is exactly what Republicans want to hear, right? Yes. And so, and it's what they've been it's the mental picture that they've been painting of Trump, and so it just fits right in. And it's easy to step into, you know, right? Uh, and also, it's it's kind of Q uh, QAnon is like this amalgam of, of previous conspiracy theories, like Pizzagate, right? And so those conspiracy theories already had some sort of credence in the population, right? So again, easier to adopt, and it makes sense to these people because it seems like it's like reasonable you know because there's mm-hmm. multiple um obviously they're all crap you know yeah uh, bunk but and then the uh final factor uh in kind of the spread of QAnon was trump's refusal to deny yes for sure yeah Q, right because mm-hmm. that seemed to these people it was like well golly gee if he's not denying it then it might probably true yeah. you know and so that led to a very large proliferation of QAnon within the Republican Party to the point where now it represents millions of the voter base in the Republican Party. Yeah, and, and like, there are not, a few. He's not uh, exaggerating. Like somebody who supports QAnon actually got elected to Congress, at least the House. Right, and there, are which is crazy. Multiple and, like, dozens of people, QAnon supporters yeah. ran for Congress and uh-huh. are in and office lower, in like lower, yeah, state level, yeah, office. lower offices. Right, and so this is like if birtherism was a radicalization, then this is like <laughs> just pushing it so much farther right, you yeah. know? And it's it is absolute like I just I would never ever look at Donald Trump and say that guy eats babies, you know. As much as I dislike him, yeah. as much as I disagree with his policies, and as much as I think that he's kind of a crazy demagogue in, in certain uh, instances and, and dangerous to our country, I would never be like, me might eat babies, you know. Man, I mean, you would may, never you know, think like, that, like, Barack Obama is saving yeah. us from him. <laughs> like, saving I us from this theory. Uh, uh, or whoever you idolize like, on your side I just, I think that it is ridiculous that, that some people believe that the Democratic Party is just as radical or that Democratic radicalization is worse than that of the Republican Party. Yes. It is just insane <laughs> you know and obviously i don't do not believe that QAnon represents a majority at all of the gop right but they are a very very loud minority yes right for sure and so you know and the fact it's just it's starting to spread it's like the kkk you know uh was has people in power that represented their interests right and it's dangerous to the country because obviously those people don't represent even the majority of the party that mm-hmm. they are and Affiliated they with. also believe crazy things yeah so uh QAnon was actually like allowed on facebook for months and i believe like a few mm-hmm. months ago it was uh banned which is good but yeah, it's still mm-hmm. like very prevalent. Like I've seen a lot of, I guess, comments on social media saying, "Well, he uh, Biden's a pervert," or "Oh, save the children." Well, <laughs> at first I didn't know what those meant, but then to be honest, Biden might be a pervert. You know, we, I mean, he okay, smells well, little girls hair. But I'm pretty but sure they were referring to the QAnon. Yes, and I, I didn't yes, know what those like, is, meant, but then then I heard yeah, about QAnon. Yeah, it's oh, not shoot. not to the degree that the people in QAnon believe. Yeah, right. 
Okay, um, so what's next for the And GOP honestly, then? like, don't don't take that from me. Um, I don't think that there's too much proof of... Yeah, anyway, sorry, go on. So I guess what's next for the GOP then? If only Their party, like we've just discussed, is very mm-hmm. divided and very comparatively radical to their Democratic peers. Yeah, so I, I think that um, the uh, Georgia runoff elections will be very indicative of how the party continues right because if the two democrats manage to win their seats with a a decent solid proportion of republican support right then we could see a it might predict a further fracturing of the republican party on a whole between those radical people that we were talking about for most of the show uh, and then more moderates who don't want to see the kind of dangerous anti-democratic um kind of trumpians in power right and so uh i don't know to be honest obviously those elections haven't happened yet and uh i cannot comment on how those elections obviously will then affect and show what the future because they haven't happened yet so uh, i think that but despite that the republican party has two uh paths going forward and that is either to kind of um come out of its uh, this radicalized fervor that it's in and moderate a little bit more, you know, become more moderate. Yeah. Again. Actually compromise with Democrats. Mm-hmm. Right, and I think... We have seen that since the Bill Clinton days, basically. Yeah. Um, the, the way that they do that is by after however many Democratic presidents we have, as long as the Electoral College stays, I will guarantee that there will be another... Republican president, you know. So right? it's interesting that you're talking about that because, like you said, with the Electoral College, there will be another Republican president probably. But if we got rid of that, the Republican Party, at least the current Republican Party, is screwed because they've lost seven out of mm-hmm. eight of the last popular votes. So I think yeah. I imagine that they would eventually come back, but it would be a very long time. So they have to Democratic- adjust their rhetoric and stuff mm-hmm. because right now I think uh, the Trump wing which is Mm -hmm. in power is like, I guess, slowly dissolving, I would say. Mm -hmm. And, and also just the, the, you know, as the country, as old people who conservative values start to die, you know, and are no longer representative voters. Young people are very liberal. Like for example, mm -hmm. Congresswoman AOC has so much young support. Those people are going to be voting age very soon. And there's going to be a drastic switch. If the GOP doesn't change, then they're going to be very screwed. Because they've already been screwed on the federal level for since the Lama era. Yeah. Like I said, they lost seven out of the last eight um, votes. Uh, sorry, popular votes. And also, mm-hmm. they've Which been blown I think out. Which a crime that they've still had so many. Yeah. Um, and they, they've yeah. also lost by but, millions of votes in the Senate and House elections. But because of the way our systems worked with gerrymandering and how the Senate is dumb, gives every state equal representation, because of that, they're still hanging on to power but soon and i think that yeah they're gonna be done uh, i think that there's a very interesting conversation there maybe for another day about whether or not we should have the legislative body that is not representative of our population as the higher legislative body mm-hmm. um so but i guess going on to, on to that i guess i think we we should have the senate but i think we should change the senate and abolish the filibuster because they're gonna be a, a party that's in the very minority yeah. like like, they have, like, 42 seats, for example, and they can just block the other party from doing anything, essentially. 
Right. So, uh, but back to the future of the GOP, I think yeah. that right now, with the Electoral College intact, if they can elect a more moderate president that the majority of their party can get behind, we will see them come back a little bit closer to center. Right. Yeah. But if they try to put forward more Trumpian candidates, right, then you're going to see them continue to radicalize or at least stay at the same radicalized level uh, and that might cause a fracture within the party uh like i said between those who are radical and those who aren't um who maybe and and it might not necessarily mean more democrat voters but it might mean more libertarian voters right yeah so i definitely agree with that that i think they're gonna move closer to the center on political spectrum because their next like uh, presidential election is going to be in four years, and there's going to be a, like a lot of, I guess, comparatively moderates running compared to Donald Trump. Like, I think Nikki Haley has floated that idea out. Like, I guess Marco Rubio, he's no mar- moderate, but compared to Trump, he is. And by yeah. then, in the next next four years, I think the Trump wing is definitely going to be dissolved by then. And well, I think that I think the, the worst thing- scenario is if Trump runs for 2024. I think that's the worst scenario for the GOP yeah. for sure. Which there's a big chance that happens. Because I mean, if that happens, the GOP is screwed. Yeah, because it, no moderate candidate will win against Trump, right? Yeah. And and that'll just continue. Even if he doesn't win, it'll continue the tradition of radicalization and radical yeah. voters. Yeah, and, and I, don't see, I don't see him GOP. getting elected anyways. Like, GOP will have right. no chance of uh, getting the executive yeah. branch there. I, I think that, like, uh, even though, you know... Like Marco Rubio, like you said, he's not that moderate. Even a lot of Trump's radicalization is not policy-wise, but just like like conspiracy and QAnon-wise, right? And so mm. if we have a, a Republican c- candidate who can dispel that and kind of be more moderate and, and not like a cult, right, like I described earlier, then we could see that that could do a lot of good for our country and the, the GOP. And it would also be good for the GOP if so many like Marco Rubio ran, because one of their biggest problems is that they struggle with mi- minority voters. And um, yeah. Mar- Marco Rubio, for example, is an American Cuban. Uh, his parents were immigrants, and he's a- he actually fought for some immigration reforms in the se- his time in the Senate. So I think that would ha- be the best case scenario for the GOP if somebody like that, like Marco Rubio, who still shares a lot of their values, but would appeal to more minority the minority vote, and then, yeah, I yeah think especially that's since, the best case scenario like, them. if they can keep that kind of anti-socialism thing going, and then also have Marco Rubio have a candidate who appeals more to minorities, they could definitely pose a threat to, um, you know, a democratic majority and a democratically run executive branch. Branch. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, worst case scenario, this whole Trump wing continues, I guess. But mm-hmm. I, for at least worst case scenario for them, and one of the worst case scenarios for American democracy, in my opinion. Yeah, and I, I'm uh, obviously, I can't predict one straight line, one path that the Republican Party will take. But I think that this is probably the biggest catalyst in American, um, you know. Yeah, uh, I guess uh, if we were sitting here eight years ago after Mitt Romney mm-hmm. lost, we would we, we would never have predicted that the Republican Party nominated no. a businessman like Trump. Then he went on to win. So yeah, I, yeah, who I knows think what that could happen in the next four years. This will definitely be a, a large kind of. It might be another party defining moment, like we yeah, saw in like, the '60s mm-hmm. and the early 1900s yeah. and the late '80s. Or, yeah, yeah, who knows? Right. So this mm-hmm. is also divisive for the Democrats right now because there's like mm-hmm. the. I guess the more moderate wing represented 
by like obviously Joe Biden, and then there's the more liberal wing represented by like Congressman AOC and Bernie Sanders, who they have a ton of young support, and those young people are going to be able to vote soon. And a lot of them are already voting age, so we'll see what Although, the Democratic I mean, Party does too. We're talking about that Bernie Sanders isn't a Democrat, so he's an independent. Well, he's a liberal, and I guess he yeah, he, I guess he has yeah. to run as a Democrat. Uh, he uh, honestly like yeah in, in Vermont, um, he's a independent who i imagine gets the majority of the democratic vote you well, know yeah obviously so. i don't see any conservatives voting for him mm-hmm. well i i'm just saying that like i not 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 that but I, I imagine that that's the, where the majority of his votes come from not necessarily like independents are keeping him elected you know so yeah um and obviously him being an incumbent helps but um helps him keep his position uh but i i, I think that as long as the Democratic Party can stay away from the same kind of uh, divis- divisiveness and conspiracy theories and stuff like that, the the Republican Party has kind of fallen into right now. They they are in the clear for radicalization, but they all you know. I, and I I'm not totally worried. I think that there are some people who um, see like Nancy like Nancy Pelosi. I like her. Right to be honest, but um, you know, I think that she's definitely more moderate compared to someone like AOC, who, in fact, a few days ago said that um, it's time for uh, a- AOC said that it's time for Nancy Pelosi to and Chuck Schumer to kind of leave and pass the torch on. Yeah, uh, which is not something I totally agree with. You know, I mean, um, I do, I do really think there should be a term limit for Congress people and um, senators. Yeah, but that's an argument for another day. Yeah. But yeah, so which I guess faction is gonna take over the like AOC faction or I guess the traditional like Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, uh, Joe Biden faction? I don't know. Like the Democrats have reliable, like reliably elected moderate candidates in yeah, primary for the president, right? Yeah. So and which the Republican Party did not do. They went for the most radical of the bunch, right? So yeah. I guess uh, it's question of whether that continues or or whether or not they become more like the republican party yeah for sure mm-hmm. uh and i i don't know i honestly i can't say but it is my hope that the democratic party will stay more moderate um so yeah like you said at the beginning of the show i am a moderate mm-hmm. yeah okay so i think that's everything we had for today's show 